0: Hey guys, this is a really special episode because I have my very first guest, Blake Grice. Blake is a good friend of mine. He's the owner and head coach of Electric City Mixed Martial Arts in Anderson, South Carolina. He's also an MMA referee who's worked with many organizations including the UFC, Bellator, Desert Force, and the Phoenix Fighting Championship. Blake graduated from the Citadel and is a very well-traveled individual. I enjoyed catching up with him, and I hope you enjoy this episode. listening to The Self-Made Podcast. Self-Made Podcast. With your host, Matt Snipes. Hey, what's going on, guys? So I'm joined by my friend, Blake Grice. Uh, We're in his MMA gym, so if you hear some stuff going on in the background, that is killers being trained. So uh, we'll try to keep that to a minimum. Blake, I appreciate you doing this, man. This is awesome. Um, Blake's been a friend of mine for a long, long time. Uh, This is the first time we've seen each other in quite a while, though. So I figured this would be the best way for us to catch up um, so we don't have to repeat anything.
1: Blake, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for coming in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, So Blake has quite a unique story, um, and I was fortunate enough to kind of see it from beginning to kind of where it's progressed now. And it's been kind of exciting, and it kind of goes with the theme, of information that I try to put out for you guys about chasing your dreams and having people in your ear, you know, kind of talking shit and telling you it's not going to work and and sticking through that. So to get you guys up to speed, um, when I met Blake or how I met Blake was I searched on Google. This is years and years ago, uh, 2008-ish. I was searching on Google. I thought I wanted to get into MMA. So, I searched around on Google and just typed in my hometown, Anderson, South Carolina, MMA. There was almost nothing that came up, but there was a Facebook profile that came up, and it was Blake's. So, I kind of, you know, creeped around on his page for a minute, saw that he did some MMA, sent him a message. Um, He said, yep, that's me. I do MMA. You know, come down, check it out. So, at the time, it was him and a friend of his, uh, Peanut, in his garage training, And I think they were under the impression, or I think you guys were under the impression that I had trained before. So I showed up, and I remember after, like, the first 30 seconds, you both could tell. Did we beat
1: the hell out of you? No, you almost did. But you're like,
0: (laughs) dude, you are fucking crazy for just showing up and not saying anything. Well, I didn't know. I thought that's what it's supposed to be.
1: No. You know, so... It's supposed to be that.
0: So anyway, that's kind of how I met Blake. Um, And then some friends of ours started a gym, um, which is... uh, where we kind of furthered our relationship. And that's kind of where I wanted to start the story was because when I met Blake, he was a pharmaceutical rep, uh, very successful, and kind of the, the ideal picture for a lot of folks. You know, making good money, company car, you know, the whole deal. And I saw him leave that for something that was very risky, you know, some friends of ours. Put in all the money they had to start a gym it's a, it's a brand new gym it's not even established so there's no safety net there's no security but this was what he wanted to be doing so Blake do you kind of want to fill them in on what made you decide to do that I mean to leave that that's
1: my hand well my hand was forced um shearing plow. I was working for a pharmaceutical company and we got bought out by Merck and so a lot of people were losing their jobs and I was one of those that lost their jobs. So I got called in by my manager thinking we were gonna go do a ride along and she said, by the way, you're done, turn your car in today. And I was like, fuck, I've, I've gotta pick up my kids from school in this car. So I told her, you can't have the car. I went home, I didn't tell my wife for about a month because I didn't know what I was gonna do. I had no, con- no clue, dude. Um, they gave me a severance package and uh, and I lived on that for a little while, and uh, I had had no no clue what I was going to do. The natural thing there was to go to another pharmaceutical job. Um, you know, I have a degree from the Citadel. I was in I was in pharma sales for five years, making a bunch of money, bunch of money. But I was still in the rat race, right? Big in the rat race. Yeah. And um, I, I hated Sunday nights because I knew that Monday was coming, even though I was making a ton of money. But I was still Working for somebody else, man. And so I knew right then that that's not the life for me. I didn't know what to do. I had no clue what to do. Because I didn't have any, any money put away to open up a business. I didn't know how to open up a business. Um, so I started teaching at Evolution mm-hmm. for, you know, $500 a month. Yeah, which, which you can't live off of that very well.
0: Right. No, um, and, I, and, and Blake's got kids, too. So it's not yeah. like he's a
1: one-man deal like me, guys. He's married with children, so... So I was, I was doing that. I was working for my neighbor, doing like construction, just really hustling. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an MMA referee, and at that point, I was doing mostly smaller shows. So I would do a show in Atlanta once a month, where I'd make you know 300 bucks and, and, and really just day to day. And to be honest with you, there was some unemployment time in there where I got unemployment check every week. So really hustling, building this what I have now but having no clue that I was doing that.
0: Right. So at any time during that process, did you ever just want to say, fuck it and get another another job, another six-figure job and be
1: comfortable? Yeah, of course. Be comfortable? There was a lot of times. And then I realized that I don't like asking somebody permission. Can I go to the beach? Yeah. You live one time. Uh-huh. And I'm 41 years old now. And I graduated college almost 20 years ago. And it's like that. So I'm thinking like, in another, in another that amount of time, I'm going to be 60, and, and it's just too short to ask yep. permission to go to the beach, right? right. If I want to go to the beach. You know what I do? I tell that guy behind you, Jeremy Barrett, <laughs> teach for me. I'm, go- I'm leaving for a week, right? Yep. Um, and I don't want permission to pick up my kids from school every day, yep. Uh, and so I decided that that is not for me, I can't do it, and so I started the journey to here which took several steps Mm -hmm. started I guess with with my buddy Thomas yeah when he bought evolution from Zach right and we totally ripped him off (laughs) Yeah, he didn't make much money off of the sale and we started and we were treading water for years right yeah um and you know we'd have 20 30 members and 35 oh we've got 40 members But I wasn't making much money there either, but I was making enough to live on. Right. Um, At that point, uh, with, of course, my wife bitching at me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had had mentioned this earlier, but I remember her telling me and her stupid friend, (laughs) this is just a hobby. You can't make a living from martial arts. Right. You need to go get a job and support me. Yeah. And I said, uh, no, you can't. I always looked at Ray Thompson. You know who that is? Oh, yeah. Ray Thompson yep. has yep. a massive gym uh, in Greenville. Uh, he's a friend of mine. And, and I thought, if he can do it, I can do it. Uh, now, I may never be Ray Thompson gym-wise. Right. But it's doable. Yep. So if anybody else alive has done it, I thought that I could do it. Exactly. Um, and so we just hustled, man. We, we, we moved into Marty Knight's Karate and had 600 square feet, yep. $500 a month rent. Um. I then had a private lesson with a doctor named Keith May, mm-hmm. and he asked me, hey, how do I get in on this? And I was almost thinking, like, why would you? Let's are. Really <laughs> <on." laughs> right. You know, the roof's leaking, and I've yeah. got 35 members. Yeah. He bought out Thomas. I had another partner come on board, Dr. Sumner, mm-hmm. and here we sit in our 10,000 square foot building today that I run full-time. We've got 170 members. And I wouldn't change a fucking thing.
0: Yep. Which is kind of bizarre to me that the people close to you were saying, it's not gonna fucking work, don't do it. And people that, you know, just knew you through the gym were Believe saying, I wanna do it. You're I the, see. You're the guy I that see. can take this. Exactly. And I yep. was like,
1: am I? Maybe I am, but see, I was such a, I was so hardcore back then. I was such a jerk Uh to everybody that I wasn't running a business the right way because I wasn't sure it was going to be my business. Yeah. I didn't think about it from a business point of view until I partnered with Keith. Right. And I mellowed out of this. Yeah. And so we're not in here fighting every night. Right. Money's not in guys that want to fight in a cage, it's in kids' jujitsu, and it's exactly. in women's fitness. Right, right. And and I, we, we teach martial arts.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. And just so everyone knows, like, I did MMA for maybe 10 minutes. So <laughs> uh, when, I, when I trained under Blake, he was, you know, he was hardcore, but I saw what he was doing because... If you wanted to fight, he wanted to be really sure that you wanted to fight. Like yeah. you need to find out before you step in that cage that this is what I want to do. I still gut check people. I was
1: gut checking a girl when you walked in. I had yeah. Charlesy on the assault bike and I was holding pads for her. Um, it, it, there's just ways to gut check people without hurting them and without right. being a bully. Right. You know. Yep. And so that it's just worked. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the, the the formula is even. I mean, I'm doing it. But I can't tell you exactly what it is. It's just clicking. Right. Right time, right place, right yep. building, right students. Yep. Um, I give a lot of credit to Alex Ninen, our jujitsu coach. mm mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Barrett. This gym is not possible without him. So it's just the right people at the right time.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've put together a good team, and you're one of those people that, you know, there's just people that you meet that draw people in. Yeah, like, people man. naturally
1: like you. Like, that's...
0: Every, or everyone that, yeah, uh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> These too.
1: days, most like me, I think. Right. I've got some people out there in the, uh, there are a, a few that, that don't like me. Most people that don't like me, it, it, it's, it's a case of a little professional jealousy. Uh huh. Um, and they don't like what I'm doing or where I've, where I've, what I've accomplished, and, and they want a piece of that pie and they're not really willing to work for it. So I get a little bit of that. Um, but for the most part, man, I've, I've calmed down in my old age, and, and I think I get along with most people now. Right. My, my 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 duty here is to keep everybody happy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's cool. So, um, as far as you being a ref, I would I remember going to Wild Bills with you. You know, we would just hop in the car, ride down for the fights. I would just sit there by myself, just to go along with you. Yeah. It was cool for me. But I remember the checks weren't that big, but it was supplemental income it for was. I needed to it. kind I, of keep going. But, but how did you get into the refereeing thing?
1: Well, I was cornering uh, Brian Robertson. We were in northern Alabama. Now, this is like 15 years ago. Uh-huh. I had fought a few times. I had, uh, I had cornered. I, I was you know active in the game, and I had watched, of course, a lot of MMA on TV. Yep. Uh, I had seen John McCarthy who's now a good friend of mine, ref, and I knew the motions that he does, how to wave mm-hmm. a fight off and all that. And so one of the refs didn't show. And the other referee literally said, is there anybody here that can ref? And I raised my hand. It's a true story. And I said, I'll do it. Little did I know that that hand raise would lead me to modern day where I just <laughs> refereed UFC 217 in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Now, there's a lot that happened between them. Right, right. But So I, I did that night, and I went, Wow, I was not bad at that, having no clue what I was doing. Yep. Called the guy at Wild Bills, Dave Oblis, and said, will you let me w- do a couple of fights for free? And I remember my friends Adam and Roy Singer would request that I, they not, use, that I not rep their fighters because I was so new. Uh-huh. We don't want Blake Grice. And now it's quite the opposite. Right, right. But I, I, I grinded there. I grinded $250 paydays for years and years and years and years and years and years. Uh-huh. I became good though. I, I was I was I was one of the big regional referees, so right. I was big in the in the southeast. Yeah. And then the UFC came to Atlanta, and I got the nod at UFC 145.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: that was my first taste of the big leagues. When I made it there, I remember thinking that I've made it. I'm here. No, that wasn't the <laughs> case. That wasn't the case at all. Yeah. I got it because I lived here. Right. Um, so, you know, I didn't get the call the next week. So I'm back to the, to, to the minors, yeah. which the miners, uh, the local, the regional shows, man, that's the grassroots. That's what I love. I'll never quit mm-hmm. doing those shows. I don't yep. care how big I get. Um, but what really changed the course of my career was a Facebook group. And somebody said, this is five years ago. Is anybody not afraid of the Middle East? And I looked at that and I went, geez, Louise, fuck it. I'll go. And I said, I'll go. The next day, I had $500 wired to me as a show of good faith from a company in Kuwait. And like two weeks later, I was on a plane alone to Kuwait City to referee Gladiator Fighting Championships 2. Yep. That changed the course of my life so much that I had no concept of what was going on. The paycheck was good. Mm-hmm. The people were good. You know, people think Kuwait's dangerous and uh, they're Muslims and this and that. And yeah. I'm, going, I'm not a Muslim. I don't look like a Muslim. Um, nicest people I've ever met in my life. Your uh-huh. average American has no clue how good it is in the Middle East. So I did three or four or five, six of those shows, and then at show like eight or nine, I met a guy, and he says, hey, um, no, let me back up. I, I messaged the guys from Desert Force, um, and I said, hey, I've done, at that point, seven shows in the Middle East. Uh-huh. I'm familiar with the culture. I'm well-traveled can I do a Desert Force? He said, no, and it didn't work, it didn't work. And about a year later, I get the call for Desert Force to go to Cairo, Egypt. And I find myself exploring the Great Pyramid all on, on, on uh, the company's money. They flew me over there to referee a fight. And I'm yep. going, who have I tricked that I'm this good? You're going to bring me to Cairo and take me to the Pyramids and let me ref your show. Uh-huh. I ref Desert Force, and I got hired full time by them. Uh-huh. So that's where I met Mark Goddard. My friend from England, one of the best referees in the world, I got to work with him over there. Um, From that, at Desert Force, some guys pulled me in a hotel room and said, we're starting a company called Phoenix. Do you and Mark want to get in on it? I was like, yeah, I do. Where are you out of? He said, Beirut. I'm in. So I've done Phoenix one, two, three, and four now. I've Mm -hmm. been to Beirut with them twice. I've been to London. I've been to Dubai. Bangkok's coming up. I've got Russia. We're having six shows in Dubai next year. Um, and not to mention I've been to Kuwait another 12 times. So I've made 30 trips to the Middle East in five years for fights. I've, been, I've swam in the Dead Sea in Amman, Jordan. I've been to Jesus' baptism site. Um, you know, I, I've swam in the, in the Persian Gulf. I've jet skied the Gulf. I have, uh, I have done so many unbelievable things um, in the Middle East, you know been to the Burj Khalifa in Dubai and been to Abu Dhabi and I did a fight in a fucking Roman Coliseum in Amman Jordan. How's that? Yeah. The fans had fucking sparklers that they were spinning around when the fighters walked out um, It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen and so that's kind of been my path I, I, I got licensed in California <laughs> when Bella Bellator out there in two weeks um, I got licensed in New York State so i'm doing the ufc i did ufc 217 for them i'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get another call up there um so things are, are, are right where they they need to be for me yeah and all from something that you were told was not going to work this is just a hobby by the biggest loser i've ever met in my life yeah somebody that doesn't have a job that that sits there at home all day and does nothing all yeah. freaking welfare telling me <clears throat> to stop pursuing this and
0: i've I've found that's where it comes from, man. It's the people that that aren't doing shit and they feel guilty, so they don't want to
1: see you do it. You know, when I dove into the Dead Sea and rubbed that mud (laughs) on my face, I thought of her. I'm not going to say her name, but I I I honestly thought of her. Right. When when I was in Dubai last weekend at the Burj Khalifa watching the fountains, I smiled to myself and I went, Yeah, yeah. What are you doing now? Mm -hmm. And not that I'm the most accomplished guy in the world. But I, I've done a lot. I've done a lot in, in the past five years. Yeah, um, and it's all from not quitting. Yep. My I, I heard this years ago. It said the key to success in life is to find something that you love and then become so good at it that people will pay you to do it or to teach them how to do it. And those are the two things that I do. Right. I referee fights and I teach people how to fight.
0: Yep. And that's that's the main reason why I wanted you to be the first guest is that's what I try to preach to people is that. If you follow your passion, and there's anybody else in the world that's ever done what you want to do to make money, Possible. you can do it too. They Absolutely. have nothing special other than time invested. That's so the only way they're ahead it's of you, it's the is they you gotta, put in time.
1: Put in the time. Yep. Why is Michael Jordan Michael Jordan? Because he didn't quit. Right. Even when he got cut from that team, he didn't quit, and he keep. And that's the same things to be said for everybody. Yep. Why is John McCarthy such a legendary referee? Because he didn't quit right. after he did UFC two. He didn't quit. Yep. He didn't quit, And I? Just yep. did UFC 217 with him. Do the math. Right. Holy shit. Yeah, and see, that's what I, I try to tell people too
0: is you're going to be nervous. Like when you raised your hand to referee that first fight, right, you no, didn't really right, know what you were doing. And no I have people tell me all the time, well, I don't know how to build a website or start a business or do this. You didn't know how to fucking referee, but you raised I your hand. It. You jumped I in there. it out. And then you had people that you knew telling you, hey, we don't want you as a referee because you're so new. Fuck them too. Keep going, keep going. And look where it look Here where you are, end man. up, guys. Here that's that's a this this guy's a perfect example of when you stick shit out. You you make a plan, you start doing what you set out to do and you don't you stay the course, man, no matter what when people are talking to you about it's not going to work whatever. You know, here's here's your proof. You know, all the success stories sound the same and that's not by chance. You know, this is this is the way. This There's no secret. There's nothing big to, no programs you need to buy or nothing you need no. to do, man. You just need to put in the fucking work. Put in the time. And it's not going to happen overnight. If you're first year, second year, third year, fifth year, you're still not where you want to be, realize that it's going to take time. The people that are in the positions you want to be in,
1: didn't do it overnight. And if they did, they're probably not going to stay there. Rome was not built in a day. Exactly. Now listen, am I making a ton of money right now? Nah. I mean, relatively speaking, I'm comfortable. I don't ever have to worry about money. I don't, I'm not ever hungry. Mm-hmm. But I'm not making as much as I was when I was a drug rep. But, boy, I would never go back.
0: Exactly. Man. and that's, You know, that's what I tell people, too, is the measure of success is not always financial. No, it's I'm, I'm like you. I will take a cut and pay to not have to answer to anyone. To know. not say, hey, can I have tomorrow off? Or, hey, I need to go to the doctor. Is this going to be a problem? That's, or
1: That's the norm in our society, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Right? Because I think people just, they, they, they that's the what you grow up in. And you're told, go to school, get a job, work in this cubicle from 8 to 5. Get off! Barely see your wife. Put your kids to bed. Repeat. And it's like, yep. that's to me, that's insanity. It is. Now I work every day. I'm, I'm here. You know. It's what time is it now? It's late at night. Yeah, yeah. We're doing you know, this at eight o'clock at night, guys. And I've got another forty minutes here, um, and I've been going pretty steady. I woke up about eight, uh, but I've. Ne- this is a true story. You hear people say this. I haven't had one day in five years where I said. I've got to go to work. It hasn't even crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. It's just, it doesn't even cross my mind. I don't care about Sunday nights. Monday mornings don't scare me anymore. And it's all because I just simply didn't quit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you're not going to be able to jump head first. You know, Blake mentioned he worked other jobs to make ends meet and stuff. And and I do the same thing now. It's eight o'clock now. We're recording this. I have one of those jobs that I go to tomorrow morning and say, fuck, I got to do this. Now, I'm lucky I work with a friend of mine. I don't have to go, but guess what? If I don't go, he doesn't write me a fucking check on Friday. So, you know, there's that. So you're going to have to do some shit while you're trying to build stuff, while Absolutely. you're trying to do stuff. You know, it's it's part of it. And if you're not willing to work that hard, if you say, oh, well, I'm tired when I get home, yeah, I'm fucking tired too, but... I don't want to do that forever. I want to eventually end up where Blake's at, where I'm happy with everything I have to do. It's still a lot of work, but it's work that I enjoy doing. Remember, failure is
1: always the most readily available option. Yep. Right? It is. Yep. People that say failure's not an option are liars. Right. It is available, and it's easy to just give up, give in, and get back in the rat race, or whatever you whatever you're talking about. Failure is an option. You just gotta you gotta not allow yourself. To, to quit, that's the thats the key to success. Yeah, yeah. well, that's
0: you get comfortable. Quitting is comfortable, yeah,
1: you know, sure. just like when
0: I trained with you and I quit, that was comfortable. Yeah, man. I'm not getting beat up anymore, I'm not tired anymore, I got yeah. all this extra time. Yeah, it's home. just an easy way out, yeah. you know. Same thing with starting a business, you can find plenty of reasons why it won't work, you know, why it's hard. You didn't know where the money was coming from to open the gym, and now look at where we're at.
1: I had no clue cool where it was it's coming from. We bought this building, by the way. This isn't
0: a rent. This isn't a rental. We own this flat out. Yeah, this is, uh, I know you guys can't see it, but this is a really nice facility, man. It's got everything an MMA gym could possibly need and then some. And this is, you know, I'm looking out now, everybody working out. Everybody's got weight. You know, people aren't waiting on shit. You know, everybody's got everything that they need.
1: Um, We run these training for warriors classes, and and I tell that to these ladies. This is a mostly ladies' program, so it's a fitness program. I teach two classes a night of that. And the key to success there is also not quitting. They, they, oh, I want to lose 50 pounds. Good. Just don't quit. Yeah. Just don't quit. And the ones that don't always lose the weight, and they're they're, they're surprised. And I go, I'm not surprised. It's Uh never failed. Right. It's never failed. Yeah. Just don't quit. Show up. Don't eat like shit come here four nights a week for one hour Mm -hmm. you know what that's 2.38 percent of your week you can have 97 give me three percent of your week and you'll be successful and people still find ways to quit that can you believe
0: that yeah well they quit because it's not comfortable but for me what's more uncomfortable is knowing that i quit yeah you feel that and that shit sticks with you yeah man you know like it's it's a bad fucking feeling you got to find
1: your why i was telling the girls tonight if you don't have a why, here's one for fitness. And the last thing I'll say about this. I read a study today that if you're overweight in America, you die one year earlier than you should. If you're moderately overweight, you die fucking three years early. And if you're morbidly obese, eight years you die. Now if that's not a reason to give me three percent of your fucking week, uh-huh, give me a break. Yeah. But yet people still email me every day trying to quit because uh-huh. your wrist hurts. Yeah. Your wrist hurts. It's like, this is hard, but being fat and unhealthy is also hard, so choose your hard and choose wisely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Give me a break. Ben. Yeah, I get, I get DMs on Instagram and stuff because a lot of people from the outside looking in view, oh, you've got a clothing company. I've had people tell me that when they, they ask why I do hardwood flooring. I say, you own your own business. Yeah. That fucking business didn't even hit, you know. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a small amount. You know, and they're like, oh, you got your own podcast. Well, I pay to do all this. All this equipment I pay for. Everything is, there's no income coming in from this. Right. You know, this that's down the road, you know. So I've kind of struggled with that, but...
1: I'm not, you know. Every great podcaster also paid for his first equipment. Joe Rogan. Exactly. I mean, maybe Joe Rogan's not a good example because he was famous before he started, but. Right. You know, every clothing manufacturer, Mm -hmm. they didn't get rich off their first t shirt. Exactly. They kept kept putting in the work. Yeah. It's the key to success in anything in life, man.
0: Yeah, and it's really that simple. You know, that's what I was saying is, anyway, I get people, you know, hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and stuff because they, they see success which is silly because I think it's only because there's a lot of followers and people are following the herd. They're like, oh, this guy yeah. must be, you know, whatever. But it's it's just what you said, you know. It's finding your why. And that's what when people are like, oh, are you a personal trainer? Are you this? Are you that? I said, no, but what do you need help with? And that's 100% of the time what I tell them. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to find your why. A lady messaged me about fitness and said, I'm just not motivated and stuff. I said, why do you want to get in shape? She said, I can't keep up with my daughter. I said, is that not a big enough fucking reason? You know? Unfortunately, it's usually not. It's, it's not, and that's sad, but your why, I've found, usually has to be outside of yourself. You know, you've yes. got to do some stuff, because you'll give up on yourself pretty easy. Yeah. You know, you'll go out of your way for people that you care about. I told so. these
1: ladies tonight, I said, if you were on your deathbed and I could give you eight more healthy years with your grandchildren, would you take it? And they're all like, well, yeah. Yep. I'm doing that right now. Yep. but statistically speaking I've got 70 women in that program 35 of them will quit this year
0: yeah and it's and, insane and they're gonna see the same posts that I see you put up on Facebook of these women that didn't quit yeah and you're gonna be slapped in the face with that Fuck, yeah man. that would have been me would have been me. 30 pounds down 40 50 pounds down that would have been me That's right and it's it's not long after they've quit you know a couple months and they look back that time's gone by the time would have passed I would
1: have gotten the results and I quit. That's exactly right.
0: You know, that's that's a tough that's thing to deal society, with. It's a society, man.
1: Yeah, it is. I got um, a sign over there that says, "Do something today that your future self will thank you for." Yeah. Try to do that every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, every single day. Yeah, and yeah, that's what people don't understand. Is like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Just okay, maybe you don't know how to start a business. Get on Google for ten minutes. People are always up to date, and I talk about this all the time on my podcast, but they're always up to date on The Walking Dead or whatever the yeah, new show is. right, right, right. And then they tell me they don't have time to work out. Yeah. They don't have time to,
1: to do this or do that. Everybody's or... got time to work out.
0: Exactly. It's, I it's I a priority. You may not want to get up at four. Right, it.
1: right. It may suck, but there's time. Yep. You're just too lazy to do it.
0: Right, yeah. And that's me, man. Like I, If I wait until after work, I won't work out. So I've been going at 5, and it fucking sucks. I'm mad, I'm angry, but when I walk out of there, I know I won the day. I've already won the day because I won the morning. I did something I didn't want to do. The rest is easy. Yep. You know, it's just, you know, like we've said 10 times in this podcast already, show up, do the work. That's simple. Do you have anything else you want to... No man. I, I wish there? we had
1: live listeners that could go- 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 throw some questions out. Yep, Okay. Maybe us in the future.
0: Yeah. Well, see, I was gonna do that. I was gonna put out, a, a, you know, a, a post saying you were gonna be on. If anyone has any questions, but I was just so afraid it was gonna be some fucking stupid shit. If Bigfoot falls, oh, <laughs> whoever yeah. who would win, you know. So, how about this, guys? I will schedule for Blake to be on at another time so if you have any questions like good questions if they're shitty questions I'm gonna say them and make fun of you on here but you can send them to contact at the self and I will save them so we'll have Blake back on for a part two of like a QA or, or something fun like that life advice yeah can I get my website exactly. out
1: yeah absolutely electric city mixed martial Arts. Com, that everything you need if you have any questions about Fitness or martial arts, we do jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. Everything's on there. We're at uh, 106 Metro Drive behind Publix off Clemson Boulevard. Yeah, and guys, I'll
0: put that link in uh, in the show notes on the website as well as on iTunes. so You can just scroll down, click on the link, get the information there. Um, if you are in the area or in a reasonable distance to drive, this gym is worth checking out. Um, like I said, I'm not saying that just because Blake's a good friend of mine. He's a really good coach, really good trainer, and this is a fantastic facility. You'd be doing yourself a service to come down here, check it
1: out. Forget about me, we've got an Alliance Jiu Jitsu Black Belt here every night that teaches every class. Remember back in the day, like a blue belt was running yep. academies? Yeah. No, if your two year old's a member here, you've got a black belt teaching him. The Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Black Belt teaches every Jiu Jitsu class here. Yeah. Um, they're finishing up behind us now. I'm gonna go uh, yell at some people for not putting their weights up. We done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good, man.
0: I appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you so you much, so much yeah. for doing this, man. Glad to do it. See y'all. You've been listening to the Self Made Podcast. If you feel that others may benefit from this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing with friends and leaving us a review.